Hey, hey, Tony Gaskins here, popping in for another episode. Now, doing something a little different, and every now and then, when I'm a little drained or I need to kind of share something different, I don't feel like giving advice. I want to share some relationship stories where you get to be the life coach. So these are titled My Relationship Story. And typically for up to an hour, I'll share different people's relationship story, of course, leaving their name out so that it's anonymous. And you get to be the life coach and you listen to the story and you see the red flags and you pull out the lessons from it so that when you get into a situation, if you recognize a red flag from one of these stories, now you know, hey, I know how this turns out because such and such went through this and I heard about it on the podcast. So we're just going to go through no specific order. I read these with you just to save myself some time so that I'm not having to do double work. And I know that's not typical, but it's the way I have to do it. Good afternoon, Tony. A long story short. This is actually really short. I didn't date at all until I was 20 years old. My first boyfriend and lover, y'all gotta forgive me, I'll move my laptop. I met my first boyfriend and lover at the age of 20, and I was so in love and infatuated with him. We were both military and long distance. I knew nothing about relationships at all. He lived in Virginia and I was training in Florida. Everything was smooth until he proposed to me at three months of dating. Our whole entire relationship and engagement was arguments every night, usually about his ex. The monthly meetups and spending on occasional, the monthly meetups and spending an occasional weekend together. She had to throw that uh, parenthesis in there so it throwed me off. I just couldn't take the arguments anymore and broke off the engagement. Four months, for months afterwards, he would call and ask for advice on how to navigate his next woman. I am sad my first ever relationship was a failed engagement, but thankful for the lesson. Interesting. Now, you know, sit with that and get what you can from it kind of interesting with that that's that's very different on to the next one well I was was is what I said in a long drawn out relationship for eight for 18 and a half on and off years one would think I was happy but nope miserable I went through everything you could imagine. You name it, I went through it or called it. Drama, abuse, mentally, physically, emotionally, used, cheated on, lied to, and lied on, tormented. I stayed because of the years we had together and the children we shared together. I was afraid of what others would think or say about me, that I would be viewed differently, and it mattered. But it didn't. I thought that was life, but it wasn't. In the midst of all that, I lost hope and faith because I thought God left me. 
but he never left me. He was there on those days I was crying out for my life. I felt down, depressed, and just unloved because if that was love, then I didn't want that anymore. But God, prayer. It took me being released from that to know that wasn't love. That was crazy thinking he loved me, but tearing me down as a person. But God, I have so much to fix amongst myself to fix me, to learn about love. Love doesn't exist for me. I don't want it, not looking for it, and I'm content with being single for the rest of my life with God. I've learned how to love me again. I know that amongst all things, God still loves me. I still have my beautiful children, my grandson, and I have my life with no holds on it. With God, everything is possible. Today, I've learned that you have to love yourself first before you can love others. Never stay in something to please others. Outsiders are just that. They only look in from a window and not how it looks through the front door. Anybody can put on makeup, but it's when they remove the makeup, the real person is revealed. This post isn't for you or isn't for me. It's for me to share so that someone else going through something similar to leave and not stay. I am not looking for sorrows and or grief, but I promise you, I enjoy and loved my life. I love me and know that I have God on my side, my God. Don't look at me and feel sorry for me. You should look at me and say, look at what God brought her through. Behind that smile, there is hope, pain, forgiveness, and love. With God's grace, I had to let go of all of that hurt and live life. I am a single mother of seven children, and I have one grandson to live for. No sorrow, tears to cry, just memories to make before I die. Thank you, Tony, for all your videos. I've been working on my three Bs. I'm still a work in progress one day at a time. Awesome, awesome. Now, see this right here is kind of, it's like y'all journal. And I also want to share these so that y'all get to see what I see. So that y'all get to kind of feel and it, it helps you understand when I'm giving advice and I'm sharing things where I'm pulling from because of the reservoir of stories that I have heard and read that maybe that, that you haven't heard. And so sometimes I'm pulling from things that you're like, where does that come from? Or, you know, I don't agree with that because my story is different. But then you realize I've seen countless stories that kind of all add together to give me an idea of what people are going through. On to the next one. Good evening, Tony. My relationship began about six months after my high school sweetheart and I separated. I was about 22. We met at work. I wore a wedding ring while I was still married so many men wouldn't even approach me. When the wedding ring came off, he was the first gentleman to approach me. We went on a few dates. Eventually, we ended up sleeping together. He always told me about his plan to go to the army. One day, he stopped answering the phone for me, so I assumed that he went to the army. When I found out that he was still in town, I was heartbroken. 
about five months later, we spoke again. He expressed that he felt like I was looking for a husband and he wasn't ready for that. Why didn't he just tell me that before disappearing? Now this is the relationship story. I'm, I'm not giving advice on these. She did put a question mark, but I'll let you be the life coach on that and um, get that lesson. See, the thing is, is can we string together red flags or do we just have to go to the go through the process and found find out on our own awesome awesome on to the next one let's see now i'm going in order of as they were received with this subject line let me see how long this one not too bad Good evening, Tony. Just wanted to start off by saying thank you for sharing your wisdom and knowledge. It's always such a joy listening to you and watching you. Tony, I just wanted to write you and tell you that after being in a toxic relationship for over 29 years, I have noticed how I too was toxic in this relationship. Now I'm out of it. I see now how I played into the roller coaster ride when I knew deep down it was over. I left so many times and went back, but now I've left for good and sold our house because I now have seen the patterns we go through. He always thought I'd be there. We had two beautiful kids and a house together over 14 years. We had a small mortgage. It was, it was a beautiful house, but he thought he could leave and cheat and come back because I'd always be there and take him back. I'm going to be honest. I knew it was over, but I stayed for the stability of the kids because it was cheaper than renting and we didn't have to struggle, but I finally had enough and said, I want to sell and go separate ways. I think he thought I wouldn't follow through, but I did. I only wish I did it sooner because it would have saved a lot of, a lot of heartbreak and with his inconsistency and cheating. It only got worse and I only got more angry. Last year, I got arrested because of how far he pushed me. He made me that crazy one day that I drove to the house of a girl he was seeing that ended me losing my rag and causing a domestic at her house. I lost my license because I stupidly drove after drinking. Now, I read that how she wrote that. <laughs> we'll have to figure out where the typos were, but yeah, you know, people kind of, you know, they type in and, and I feel like she's from another country too because I see the money sign she used later is a different, it's a different uh, money sign in the U.S. Losing my rag. It all got to me in the end, and I just lost the plot. Through that stupidity, I lost my business because I could not drive to work. I owned a salon, so I had to come out of my lease. And the crazy thing is, I went back after all that. Then I soon realized how stupid I was and how he was never going to change his behavior. I cut him off completely. Now I don't entertain him and I make it only about our youngest daughter. 
I don't entertain his text or anything he's got to say, and I'm slowly getting there. I'm struggling with starting again at the age of 42, but I'm not looking for another relationship. I'm focused on building my business up again and starting another business. I've moved into renting because I can't afford another house because we went 50-50. I couldn't be bothered with him anymore, so I sold the house 25K under the asking price for a quick sale. I'm not gonna lie. I do have them moments of feeling scared and how expensive rentals are and what if I couldn't support us to live in a good location and we ended up in a rough area. But when I look back, I just remember how I felt then and nothing can compare to feeling that low in that unhappy relationship I had with my ex. And if I can do that, I can support us because I always have done it and I just didn't see it then. Thank you, Tony, for your wisdom and knowledge. May God continue to bless you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Now, see, with each of these, when I read these, maybe you can pause this for, you know, a minute or two. Listen back in your mind what you heard or rewind it if you need to and listen back to it and see if you are in a similar situation because she was in there how many years 29 years you may be in year three going on year 29 you may be in year 20 going on year 29 hopefully we can learn from other people's stories and we can come to a place of realization about our own story and see if there are some changes we need to make and after this episode you know y'all um write me on youtube or in the email at support and let me know if you think these hearing other people's story can be beneficial and if you can pull anything from it and just make sure you keep your mindset right you know don't let this be triggering or you know don't look at it as negative most people are going to tell the bad story not the good story because the people who have the good story they may not even be looking for relationship advice or know who i am so understand that we learn from the mistakes or the failures of others and we don't always get to see or hear about the success stories on to the next message I hope this message will be for the benefit of those who need it. By the time I was 21, I had been sexually active with nearly 30 men. Having lost my virginity at 15 years old and been introduced to sex many years before then, I now understand my actions a lot more than I once did before. At 21, I met a young man who, to me, seemed charming. I gave my body to him no later than 48 hours after we met, but because this was normal behavior for me, I only slightly thought of it to mean something. He continued to pursue me after our sexual experience together, but I expressed to him I was not interested in being anyone's girlfriend. Truthfully, I had never been anyone's girlfriend before. And then she put in parentheses unless you count the relationship i was in at 15 i don't lol end 
parentheses. Anyway, let's just say I didn't stick to my decision to stay single and I decided to try my hand at being in a relationship. Keep in mind, at the time I had no idea what that entailed. Not too long after, I found myself quote unquote committed. Did I also did I also find myself with an ache in me to connect with past relations? I didn't cheat physically. She put that in parentheses. So let me read it without that. Not too long after I found myself committed, quote unquote, did I also find myself with an ache in me to connect with past relations. And so I did. I didn't cheat physically. This caused major issues in my newfound relationship and things went downhill from there. Oh, let me also mention, I had my first herpes outbreak after having sex with my new and first official boyfriend. And in parentheses, she put, this became ammunition for him later on in our relationship. My ignorance at the time led to confusion as well. I wanted the idea of having a relationship, but I could not have truly wanted him if my thoughts were often consumed with someone else. Parentheses. Stop going from one man to the next. Women, I don't think, have the capacity to do that. In parentheses. This and other events did not stop him from proposing, nor from me saying yes. Upon engagement, I was determined to be a good wife, so I immediately started reading the Bible because that was the blueprint for me. Parentheses. I had never seen a wife growing up, but I knew from the media and, and things that Proverbs 31 was about a noble woman, in parentheses. Let's just say we were not heading in the same direction, and because I didn't know my worth at the time, I found him to be sort of like my savior for a while, which opened the door for me to endure his disgust with me as things grew worse. Never allow any man or human being, for that matter, to determine your worth. We all mess up in whatever ways we do. It's important that we forgive ourselves and move on without allowing people into our lives that are determined to remind us of who we once were and what we once did. Mistakes followed by lessons should be used to help, not hurt. At this stage in my life, nothing is more important to me than my purity and my peace. Signed, A Woman. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, that's very powerful. And, you know, the beauty about these is they are anonymous. So that way you're able to share your story and, you know, what that means. Now, let me see. This is, oh, no, no. Okay, this is a little bit different. So let me save this one because this, this one she sent on. That's for one of the talks with Tony. So let's see. So we got some time. So, man, we able to meet a lot of people. There are a lot of stories in an hour. I'm starting to rethink this decision. But I'm doing this for those of you 
who can mute and you know you told me that so this is for you next story hi tony my story definitely does not represent most relationships or most interracial relationships and is not a reflection of any particular race i wanted to share it as a black woman i often hear of black women saying the answer to the shortage of decent black men is to date outside of their race. Nothing wrong with people of other races. When people can find the right partner, more power to them. No matter the so-called race of the other person, we are the human race. I grew up around a lot of mean, dominant black males. So I thought maybe non-black men were more of a gentleman, more romantic and loving. However, I was in a relationship with a handsome, professional gentleman who was non-black, fair-skinned. He seemed to really adore me in certain regards, and yet he did not want me to meet his family. In all the time that we were together, which was about two years, I never met his family. He sent me out the back door of his home when his brother was coming over, as if we are living in the early 1900s. He would also make little misogynistic comments about women, especially professional women. He would tell me I am beautiful at times, then highlight my physical flaws at other times. He would criticize me often, and when I asked him why he did it, he said it made him feel powerful. He seemed to always have a nagging fear and insecurity about him. He would say certain offensive things, including telling me my dating options were limited because I am black. I thought one of the worst things about my situation is the fact that I put up with it and stayed with him. One of the reasons I stayed with him is because obviously, I didn't value myself enough, but also I stayed because he didn't cheat. He wasn't a player, never gave me any signs of it, and my intuition kept me in peace about it. He talked about marrying me, but yet was trying to hide me from his family and allowed certain friends to see me. He told me he wanted to get married and that we should have children because they would be cute. Needless to say, I didn't want to marry him and didn't marry him. He is not the only one. I have dealt with other non-black men who seem to either have a fetish or just didn't have a problem with me, but they seem to have a problem with black men. I used to believe that if a person was in a relationship with a black person, it meant the non-black person was not a racist or did not have issues like that, but I was wrong. Am I bringing this up to remind the, and I am bringing this up to remind the others to be careful. To remind them that people's character problems are related to sin and not the color of their skin. The answer is not to pick someone because of the skin color, but to pick them because of character, as you have always said. Someone can be racist, use the N-word, be ashamed of you, and want to take you to bed or even may want to marry you at the same time. So be careful. I want the ladies to be careful, not get hurt, 
and to be very careful about who they become involved with. We should examine ourselves in relation to our motives. We should examine ourselves in relation to our motives. People shouldn't assume the worst. They shouldn't be presumptuous either way, but be aware. People should also approach dating from a reality standpoint and not think that the answer is choosing someone based on superficial characteristics, but instead choose them based on their character. Thank you for all that you do, and thank you for the opportunity to share my story. May God continue to bless you and your family. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, here's this young lady sent her story in again twice. And this young lady wrote in again and she said, Below, find the correction in bold. Please use this version below because his brother never showed up and I mistakenly wrote that he sent me out the back door in the first email I sent, but it didn't happen because his brother did not show up. And so her correction is, he asked me to leave out the back door if his brother came over, but his brother didn't show up. Wow, as if we are living in the 1900s. <laughs> now see, I'm going in order on the email, so I actually saw that at the same time. Y'all saw that? So y'all forgive me. Thank you for sharing that. And that, that's really important. That's an important lesson. That's a very important lesson. I try to get people to understand that too. Um, and just me being a man, I understand that men don't have sex with, with anything, with, with anyone, you know. So it's not like that that is how slave masters got black women pregnant and how the mixed race of black and white ever came about was from slave masters or their sons or brothers or what have you sleeping with their slaves who they supposedly hated and probably beat before or after sleeping with them and if not beat her beat her sister or her aunt or her mom so i try to help people understand that because i understand that as a man that you know we are wired differently in a very weird way on to the next story here is my story i hope it can help someone it was in april 2018 when i met my ex we we will call him d D would come into the barbershop I used to work at and was a regular customer of the barbershop owner. I didn't notice him until he began liking and commenting on my pictures on social media. I remember it was Valentine's Day and I had been single for the past several years, but very promiscuous. At the time, I didn't... Now, that was very interesting that she said, but very promiscuous because you know gmail has a small picture and i could see by her picture i kind of picked up a spirit and unfortunately i have this thing where god is kind of has me read people um because i kind of have to in the work that i do so so she's coming through this but a lot of times we come through something but yet the spirit is kind of still lingering on us. And um, 
Um, so I, I say that to say to the sister who wrote this in, you know, keep doing the work and keep identifying who you are looking up to for fashion sense or style, hair color, you know, things of that nature. Because sometimes where we pull inspiration from, if we're pulling it from someone who is promiscuous, even when we're no longer promiscuous, we still can look or appear promiscuous because of our outer influences. But like I say, I ain't giving advice now, but you know, that's, that, it, it always hits me when, when I read something in someone and then they say it. And I'm like, whoa. Now let me see. I remember it was Valentine's Day. And I had been single for the past several years, but very promiscuous. At the time, I didn't, I didn't who I, I didn't know who I was or my worth. I thrived on and longed for the attention of a man, not knowing that I really desired a love that only God could fulfill. On this Valentine's Day, I was scrolling through my timeline, noticing. D made a post while wishing all of the ladies a happy Valentine's Day. I then proceed to, quote, love the picture and left a comment. Later on that day, D had slid into my inbox with a very charming introduction. You know, the, quote, how are you doing, beautiful? I have been noticing you at the shop, unquote. That was the hook and bait. In the beginning, I wasn't really attracted to D. His physical appearance was different than what I was used to, but it was his presence. He had the deepest, smooth voice, quiet demeanor, and carried himself in a way that made you feel protected. Boy, was I wrong. After going back and forth a few times in the DMs, I agreed to give him my number and get to know each other. Every Friday, he would come into the shop and eat in the restaurant next to the shop. So one Friday, I had seen that he was sitting down eating in the restaurant. I had went up to the cashier and quietly said, quote, I'd like to pay for his meal, unquote. Parentheses, I had my bag of charming tricks as well, in parentheses. Afterwards, he had came into the shop to thank me and was blown away that a woman had paid for his meal. He wasn't used to that sort of thing, and that was a first for him. After his haircut appointment, he had asked me if I had any weekend plans. I told him I didn't, so we decided to meet up at a local hangout spot. Fast forward to the weekend, I arrived at the location and we sat down to have a few drinks and eat. We were having a great conversation and really enjoyed each other. I then began asking the more personal questions because I've always been one to inquire about someone's past relationships when I'm interested in them. During the conversation, he told me his age, which was 13 years older than me. I was 34 and he was 47. Me being naive, didn't see anything wrong with this. After further talking, he had told me he had been separated for four years and in the process of getting a divorce from his wife. Of course, me being the overly trusting person I am, believed him 
So the night ended, we both said our goodbyes and agreed to see each other again. I was on cloud nine. As I was driving home, all I could do was reminisce about the day, about the date, how much I enjoyed him, and how I'd never been with a man his age. He made me feel good. He made me feel special. He made me feel beautiful. He made me feel everything I had lacked from my father. The more time we spent together, the more I began falling for him. It had been just two weeks and I had been sending him, quote, compromising pictures of myself. I wanted him and I wanted him to know it. We both had our own places, but I was not ready to bring him to my house. Obviously, he wasn't bringing me to his either. He had came up with the idea that we could go to his mother's house. Yes, his mother's house, since she was out of town. Of course, I was perfectly okay with it. You could have hit me with a red stop sign in the face and I was still going to date this man because I was desperate and eager to have any love from a man. So we had our first hookup, unprotected, in his mom's living room. Me being the insecure, lonely woman that I was, thought nothing wrong of it. The only thought I had was, quote, wow, that was amazing. He made me feel so good, unquote. New quote, I hope I made him feel good. I hope he likes me after this. I hope I can be with him." Unquote. A couple months pass and I am starting to fall head over heels for this man. He gives me just enough time to make me content. Doesn't do anything extraordinary to show his feelings, but the bare minimum. The only time I got physical affection from him is when we had sex. Yet to me, this was enough. Even though I constantly craved his attention and time, the time we did spend together was walking. We would spend hours walking to get in shape and use that time to talk. There were maybe one or two dates here and there, but mainly just walking. One day, I had finally got fed up with the lack of effort and time he was giving me and confronted him about it. I made it clear that if we were going to continue, then he had to put more effort, time, and special dates in. He stated that we were just friends and that all of that would come in time. Anytime I brought up my concerns, he would say certain things to make me think I was overreacting and asking too much, which in return, I would apologize and try to move past it. After this disagreement, he would always say the right things to calm me down while showing me physical affection, which would then lead to intercourse. As women, we always have that one girlfriend we tell everything to. Well, the one I could, well, the one I had could work for the FBI. I could always count on her to browse and look through social media and do quote unquote research. Well, one day she struck gold. She had sent me a few screenshots of a post that Dee had made over a weekend he was gone. 
He had checked into a very upscale restaurant in another city and a woman had commented under the picture about their time together there. I was devastated. I told myself it was over. How dare he take a woman out of town to an upscale restaurant for her birthday and all I got was a cheap food spot and sex. After all I did for him, cooking, running errands, helping him grow his business, I was so hurt and felt so low. I had so much I wanted to say to him and there was nothing he could do to get out of this one. As I waited for him at our meetup spot to go walking, I kept my composure until he got out of his car. When he approached me, he had that charming smile on his face and asked me how I was doing. I just looked at him and then I went off. I had told him everything that I found and saw. He was shocked at how upset I was and didn't know that I had this side to me. I finally gave him a chance to explain himself and he gave the explanation that it was his friend's sister birthday and that they were all celebrating together and that it was nothing more, just a dinner. But it was a whole weekend and I had the proof. He made it clear that they didn't sleep together and that I couldn't get that upset because we are not together. We are still friends. Me being the dummy I was, eventually let it go and continue the day with him, ending it with makeup sex. After that situation, something had changed though. I no longer trusted him as much and began feeling extremely insecure, anxious, stressed out, and depressed, never knowing if he was being honest about what he was doing or who he was with. During the summer, I had lost my home that I was renting due to it being put up for sale. My friends and I were homeless and I had temporarily moved in with a friend and stayed in a spare bedroom. Oh, not my friends and I, my kids and I were homeless and had temporarily moved in with a friend and stayed in a spare bedroom. This was one of the lowest, darkest times in my life. I was a single mother of three, no family that lived nearby, and no one that could give me assistance. I was lost, angry, hurt, and did everything I could to hide it from my kids. All the while, I still gave this man and my children all of me that I could. He knew my situation and took advantage of it. Knowing that I didn't have the free time or resources to get out as I used to, he stood by and watched as I lost everything, only to be available when it was convenient for him. It had been four months into the, quote, relationship, and he began getting more comfortable with me and being more open about his personal life. I would overhear phone conversations between him and his wife and would notice how verbally abusive and disrespectful he was to her. Never in my life had I heard a man speak to a woman like that. 
when I would listen, I would tell myself, well, he would never talk to me like that. Boy, did I have another thing coming. I came to find that his temper was extreme and that he used his words to cut and hurt. There would be times that he would tell me how insecure I was after confronting him numerous amounts of times about the women calling him and texting him, telling me how I would be the perfect wife if I wasn't so insecure and not trusting his character. If he gave me something to do for his business, I would go above and beyond to try and do everything I could to do it. I remember one time I wasn't able to get some paperwork approved and we were into in the car together having a major argument. He raised his voice and said to me, quote, you are good for nothing. Why do I even bother with you? You can't do S right. I had, unquote, I had never had a man or anyone tell me that before. This was another point in this relationship where a piece of me had broke. Piece of me had broken. This man, who I would literally do anything on earth for and loved so much, just made me feel lower than trash. And all I desired from him was attention and approval. My self-esteem and insecurity dropped even lower. Of course, later that night, he called me and briefly apologized. I accepted his apology, but that argument cut me in a different way. I became obsessed and elevated my anxiety disorder because I constantly was unsure about everything. We would have our best times together when I had my free time and enjoyed different activities during the day. When the time came that I needed to pick my children up, that is when my anxiety would go into override. I knew he was with other women in the evening and sleeping around. I had went through his phone and found texts between him and other women that he was involved with. One of them being the same one in the beginning that he was out of town with. I would address it and break up with him swearing to myself that I was done. But every time he would show up with a gift or a smile or a fake sob story about how much he loved me and that he wouldn't do it anymore. Many people would ask, quote, why are you still with him, unquote. New quote, you have got to leave him alone. He is dangerous and doesn't love you, unquote. I was determined, determined to change this man and heal the brokenness that he had experienced as a child. Love this man like no one ever loved him, and I did. I loved him more than anyone ever had, but you can't recognize something you've never seen. There were many times late at night that I had intuition that something wasn't right. Now, before you judge me, just hear me out. I would put my kids in my car and drive by his house. His car would never be there and he wouldn't answer his phone. So I would park up the street and wait to see if he came home. He would show up late or early morning, 1, 2 a.m. 
and go into the house and text me saying, quote, hey babe, just woke up to use the bathroom and saw I missed your call, unquote. I kid you not. Every time I would catch him in a lie. I had broken up with this man and blocked him at least 20 plus times, only to give into his apologies and his brief, short-lived, vulnerable moments, telling myself each time, this is it, I'm done. Or if one more thing happens, I'm out. But yet, that soul tie was stronger than I was every time. It was November 2019, and we had just came back from a road trip a few days earlier. He was perfect during our trip. We had laughed, talked, he showed me all the affection and attention I desired, just the way I had always imagined. After getting settled from the trip, my insecurities started setting in. Quote, I wonder who he is meeting up with tonight, unquote. He probably went straight to so-and-so house to sleep with her. There was another quote. And once again, I would hop in my car and go by his house only to find that he wasn't there. And yes, you might say, well, maybe he was at the store or getting something to eat. That's possible, but highly unlikely at 2 a.m. When he pulled up this time, he said he had went to the movies. And yes, he had the movie ticket and was also dressed to the T which was a little out of the ordinary for a solo movie. So I let this time go and decided I wouldn't get into it with him. When I got home, I decided to go onto his social media page. He had removed me from it prior because I kept seeing the same woman he had been cheating on me with in the beginning of our relationship, commenting and interacting with him. I had enough me being the petty person I was at the time, decided to send this woman, parentheses, the one who he told me was just a friend and celebrated her birthday together, in parentheses, a picture of him and I together, informing her that we had been together for the past six months and that she should be made aware. Now, mind you, I had my girlfriend use a fake account to send it. I had taken my kids and put them back in bed and I went back out to the car to call my girlfriend. As we were on the phone talking about how disrespectful and foul D was, I noticed the car pull up behind me. D had got out of his car and came around to the driver's side, jacked me up out of the car by my hair. He had his hands wrapped around my arms so tight that it had ripped off the sleeve. He was yelling at the top of his voice, calling me out of my name and hitting me in my face. He threw me to the ground, stating how lucky I am that he cares about me or that I would be dead and that that was some foul S of me to do by sending his woman that, this woman that, by sending this woman that. Before I could get to my feet, he jumped in his car and left. I scrambled for my phone and to my surprise, my friend was still on the phone. She begged me to call the police, but I wouldn't. I was in shock. 
I was confused, crushed, and numb. This man, whom I had loved and given my best to, just hit me and beat me over another woman. Why did I deserve this? Who am I? He left me bruised, battered, and my clothes torn in a parking lot. He promised me he would never hurt me. He promised me he cared and loved me more than he cared for and loved me more than any other woman. This wasn't love, and if it was, I didn't want it. I wish I could say that was the last straw. And it was for about a week. I had to walk around with a black eye and bruised face, trying to figure out what to say to people when they asked me. He tried every way possible to reach me. He emailed me, had his family members leave messages, everything. Left a message saying he got me a ring and he wanted to take me up to New York to spend time away, telling me how much he loved me. He had never said, I love you until now. That he was sorry and that he had been drinking that night, telling me how much he loved me and he had never said, I love you until now. That he was so sorry and that he had been drinking that night. I wasn't falling for it at first. I was in a pit of depression. All I wanted was someone to make the pain and heartache go away. But there was no relief that I knew, except the one who caused it. I took a picture of my face and sent it to him. I wanted to see, I wanted him to see what he did to me. I wanted him to see the marks and bruises. I thought maybe when he sees this, it will be a wake up call for him. After I sent him the pictures, he responded, quote, D, I didn't think I hit you that hard, unquote. Then followed with a, quote, I am so sorry. I can't believe I did that. Please forgive me, girl. Please, I won't ever do that again. It's just what you did was really childish and you shouldn't have sent that girl a picture, unquote. Here comes the guilt trip, saying to myself, quote, if I wouldn't have did that, then you wouldn't have did this, unquote. Still not knowing my worth or value, and instead putting it in the hands of an abusive, cowardly man, I gave in. I eventually agreed to meet him for dinner and wore what I could to cover my face. He acted like he was in shock, but shortly afterwards said, Come on, we gotta go because I don't want people thinking I beat you. Unquote. It took me a while for me to stabilize my emotions because another major piece of me had been broken again. This time it was more than just a bruise, it was my spirit. It was the last remaining light that I had left in me. The light had been snuffed out. On throughout the months, I continued to deal with the same stuff with him. Quote, the change, unquote. He promised maybe, he promised maybe lasted a week or two. I always believed his words and ignored his actions until I confronted them. And then he would give me more promising words that failed. 
I was blind, I was broken, I didn't know that I was worth more or deserved more. I accepted what he gave me because the little amount of time he did give me would put me on a short-lived high. Because the majority of the time I was starving for it, and he knew it. I was involved with the on and off for almost two years. The last six months is when I made it up in my mind that I was going to break up with him for good. I just didn't know how or when. I dedicated my life back to Christ in those last six months and told God that I wouldn't do this by myself. God was patient with me through the times I would go back to him and leave several days later. It was a lot of back and forth, but each time I left him, I was getting stronger and stronger. Being away from D for a few days turned into a week. Then he would pop up and I was still weak in places and would give in to his same lies as usual. I'll change, let's start over, give me another chance, blah, blah, blah. Each time I found myself more turned off and disappointed in him. A snake is a snake. You get mad at a snake when you pick it up and it bites you. You knew what it was when you picked it up. Every time I found myself feeling guilty and upset with myself because I still had feelings and emotions for him, God would remind me of the progress I was making. During this time, I started seeing a therapist every week, and I had started faithfully watching Tony's videos and bought a few courses. With these three, God, therapy, and the wisdom from the man of God, I felt empowered. It was a constant reinforcement for me. I had to keep my mind on the things above. I knew if I didn't, my thoughts would turn into imaginations and my imaginations would turn into actions. I stopped talking about the battle I was going through to my friends because they had, they had it set in their mind that I was never going to leave. When I tell you, it took me over 30 times to leave this man. I am not exaggerating, but I left him and I finally found who I am. I finally came into the knowledge of who God made me to be and that I do not have to settle for anything less than what I expect. The man that God has for me will value me and love me the way I was created to be loved and valued. My last time I spent with D was February 2020. That was the day I left and never looked back. I can't sit here and say that I never think about him or even have zero emotions concerning him. I can say one thing for sure. Every place that was broken, I have been made whole. I forgave D, and every time he may cross my mind, I made the choice to let the anger and resentment go. He still reaches out and leaves a voicemail from time to time, only because I have blocked him from contacting me. This isn't a sign of hurt or anger. This protects my peace and the beautiful place I am in. I no longer struggle with depression, insecurity, or low self-esteem. I have used this time to get to know myself and enjoy who I am. Daily, I work on preparing myself to be the best mother and future wife to the man God has for me. I am thankful for the path that I had. It was painful, but it changed me and taught me a lesson that I will be able to grow, that I will be able to grow from for a lifetime. There was a lot that happened in the relationship with Dee that I chose to leave out. I wanted to share what I thought was necessary in hopes that this story could help men and women, even if only one. Thank you for your time in reading this, even if it never gets aired. 
If possible, would you please let me know if and when it does. God bless you for your work, man of God. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much for sharing. I'm going to type you right now before I close out and forget. your reply so thank you thank you very much for listening and i hope you made it to this point for those of you listening and if you did i mean compared to her story the first few were very very elementary very mild like for those people who hear this i know they will be like okay i see i didn't go through a whole lot compared to her but I thank you so much for sharing that that is very real and I and I I want you listening to this to kind of sit with that go back through it listen to the you know the red flags listen to the moments that she didn't leave the moment and, and think about the moments you didn't leave think about if you should be leaving right now think about if you're going the same way doing the same thing and Let's allow these stories from other people to help us heal and grow and to learn and to kind of see ourselves and not judge people and call them stupid and call them weak, but to really see how this can happen to any human being. Good people, young people, older people, seasoned people, knowledgeable people, ambitious people. It can happen to anyone. So, hey, this is Tony Gaskins. Thank you so much. If you would like to share your story, you can send it in to inbox at TonyGaskins.com. The subject title has to be My Relationship Story. That's how I will identify it. So thank you so much. And she also wrote in after, hey, I didn't want to be misleading, but the opening sentence should begin with February, not April. So I think she was talking about when she said the relationship started. Yes, so instead of April 2018, it was February 2018. Thank you very much. And I'm also going to be doing the talks with Tony from time to time. Y'all got to forgive me. My, My schedule gets a little taking care of the family and trying to do other things in my businesses. It gets a little hectic, so thank you so much. God bless you. We'll talk soon.